<laughs> well, thanks, Simon. Wow, some claps in the room. It's very kind of you. First things first, wow, that is an impressive uh, yeah, lockdown locks, and I'm loving that beard. Uh, very nice, nicely done, Simon, very nice. Well, listen, it's lovely to be together. Uh, what a time we find ourselves in. You know, I was reminded uh, this week that laughter is a very good medicine, isn't it? I think we need laughter, don't we? And so rather than give you some of my bad jokes, I've resorted to a book, which I think will be rather helpful. So rather than kick off my first, as Simon said, first talk of uh, the year, I'm going to do some jokes. Now, I found this book. I think this is Steph's book. You know when you get married to someone and they bring all that stuff? And you, like, this was one of her, part of her stuff. So this is Steph's book. And it says, Children's Letters to God. And uh, it's hilarious. So I'm going to read you some. Is that all right? Yeah, check this out. Dear God, I know it says turn the other cheek, but what if your sister hits you on the eye? Love, Jesse. <laughs> Absolutely love that one. That is a very good question. What else have we got? I know you're all chuckling at home, rolls of laughter. Here's another one I'm going to read to you. Dear God, where does everybody come from? I hope you explain it better than my father. <laughs> Ward, that's a very good one. What about this one? I know you want more, don't you? Dear God, okay. I kept my half of the bargain. Where's the bike? <laughs> I love that. Isn't that how we kind of want to speak to God sometimes? You know, but children just say it like it is. Do you want one more? A bit more enthusiasm. Yeah, there we go. You want some more at home as well, don't you? Right, here we go. I read your book, and I like it. Where do you get your ideas from? <laughs> John. Very, very good. You know, the simplicity of, of, of children. I mean, I'm sure God absolutely loves us. And you know, as I was reading this, I was reminded that, you know, we should probably come to Jesus a bit more like that. You know, he wants, he doesn't want us to come with masks. He doesn't want us to come with pretense. He doesn't want us to come with a liturgy of, uh, and a well-drawn-out argument. He comes, he wants us to come with our hearts open wide. And, uh, and I think this is a reminder that in this season, God wants to hear from us. And it's a reminder to have a good joke. Right, okay, I'll put this back. Maybe I'll bring some more next week. Comment online if you think that was good or bad. We'll maybe have a slot called uh, joke section. But anyway, that's it. So we're going to move on to, as Simon said, the first talk of the year. And as Jenna and I were having a conversation earlier, it's uh, part of a series called First. First. Now, you know, I was speaking to many people uh, uh, about this lockdown. I'm sure we've all had conversations, haven't we? And just reflecting on this past year, can you believe it's been a year almost? And it's almost as if every lockdown has had its own characteristics or its own feeling. You know, the first lockdown was, okay, you know what, we can get through this. You know, the sun was shining, it's okay, I can spend some time outside. There was almost an element of novelty to it, wasn't it? Oh, I get to work from home. And, you know, for those parents, of course, homeschooling was painful, but for others, it was an opportunity to be at home. And we thought, well, we can get through it. We'll do a lockdown, and then it'll be better. And then we got through lockdown, and summer seemed to be a bit better. And then, you know, we had a lockdown in November. And I think that sense was, are we in another lockdown? Do we really need it? What's happening? Well, at least we've got Christmas to look forward to. And then Christmas hit. And now we've been, to use that, uh, that phrase in uh, some of the tabloids, plunged into another lockdown. And I, and I think, actually, we've probably feel like that. You know, having spoken to many, this, the characteristics of this lockdown is a sense of weariness, a sense of tiredness, and 
you know, it's, it's not as if we don't have food on the table. We've got a roof over our head for many. And we try, therefore, to convince ourselves that it's okay. But deep down, if we're honest with ourselves, it's like, oh, here we go again. How am I going to get through this? I thought it was going to be okay. And, and so what I want us to do, and what I felt led to do, was really speak into that and say, how can we get through this? How can we weather the storm? Because Jesus has a lot to say about it. You know, we sang earlier, didn't we, about saying, he is our peace. He is our joy. Well, what does that really mean? What does that really mean? And how do you walk in that? And so what I want to do is really take a theme that Charles Montgomery, our guest speaker last week, and by the way, if you missed that, you can catch up online, the Vineyard Church, kdk forward slash talk. And he used a wonderful phrase called first things first. We've got to start our day. Don't get into Facebook. Get your face into his book. What a great line that was. You know, don't look at all the likes that you've got from Instagram and all that stuff. Read the love letter about how much God loves you. And I think there's so much in that that I want to expand on. And so um, over the next three weeks, I want to look at how we can fix our eyes on Jesus, how we can indeed put him first. Because the truth is, if we think about seeking, the truth is we all seek, don't we? Think about it. It's, we seek out things, that we? we seek out comfort. We do seek out peace. We do seek out hope. Is it interesting? We seek that for which we were made for. Listen to that again. We seek out that which we were made for. You know, you don't seek out carnage, do you? You don't seek out disunity. You seek out that which we were made for. And yet the thing is, because we live in a fallen world, because of our flesh, we seek it without God, oftentimes. We'll go to something else other than God to give us those things. And so the question isn't whether you seek or not. The question is who you seek. It's not a question of whether you seek. The question is who you seek. Um, I want to read you this quote from a French theologian. I've used him before. It's called Blaise Pascal. I just love that first name. What a great name, Blaise. And he says this, all men seek happiness. This is without exception. Where whatever different means they employ, they tend to this end. The cause of some going to war and of others avoiding it is the same desire in both. That's true. Attended with different views. This is the motive of every action of every man. We do seek out happiness. We seek out that which we were created for. But the only way that we can have true happiness and true peace and true hope is we, if, if we seek out Jesus and find it in him. And so that's what I want to look at these next three weeks. And there are three Ps. Every preacher loves three, and every preacher likes having the same letter. So three Ps we're going to look at. Peace, protection, and provision. Because I think as I've prayed about it and spoken to people, these are the three things in this season that we are seeking for. We're seeking for peace. We're seeking for protection. And we're seeking provision. And so we're going to find how we can find that in Jesus over the next three weeks. And this week, we're going to look at the first P, which is peace. So let's ask the question, what is peace? I'm sure you all know this answer. This is not a trick question. Of course, it is that place of tranquility, isn't it? You know, that place that everything is okay with the world. A place where the fear of danger is absent. I think that's a really good definition of peace. 
where there is harmony. Well, if you look at the world at the moment, <laughs> would you say we are a world of peace? I mean, one only has to look at those shocking scenes from the U.S. only a few days ago. Wasn't that shocking? Who would ever have thought it in, in that place of, of liberty and freedom of the U.S. that that would have happened? That would leave an indenable, indemnable mark. I can't even say that word. It's a good word, though. On our psyche, or on the American psyche. But does it not just show the fragility of earthly peace? Doesn't it just show how fragile and uncertain peace in this world is? And closer to home. You know, uh, I don't know who's homeschooling, but boy, it's not easy, is it? For those of you who are doing it, hats off to you. You know, with many kids juggling different laptops and this, that, and the other, it's difficult. You know, we are living in a world with increased polarization, aren't we? We've only have to see the riots that we've experienced this past year. We do not live in a world of peace. And so the question is, the question is, how can we experience peace at this time if, therefore, the world is not a world of peace? Can we experience a peace that isn't fragile? Can we experience a peace that is stable? Can we experience a peace which isn't based on other people and other things? And guess what the answer is? Yes, we can. And the answer is in his word. And so with that, I want us to turn together to what is going to be our anchor scripture for this morning. It is John 14, 27. And Jesus is about to uh, leave and, and he's going to be crucified and then he'll be uh, resurrected and glorified. And he's speaking with his disciples and he says this, and it's going to be on your screen at home and, and you can get it out on your devices here or your Bibles here in the room. Let me read it to you. Jesus says this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Wow, really, Jesus? Are you saying the truth here? That you're, you're leaving us a peace? Well, what does that look like? So I want to unpack three things, and I really want this talk to be uh, something that we can apply to our lives. I want us to leave this place, and, and when you log off online, something that you can walk into. Because don't we know that G God's Word brings life? It's not, it's not just a book of history. It's a book of how we live our lives. And so let's look at the first thing, is this. We should seek the peace of Jesus. You see, the first thing we need to realize is that there are actually two types of peace. There are two types of peace. We've looked at that first peace briefly, haven't we? The world's peace. What is the world's peace? Well, it's a peace based on circumstances. It's a peace based on circumstances. It's a peace that when your external factors are aligned positively towards you, then you can experience a peace. You know that type of peace. When you wake up in the morning, the birds sing to you, and you go downstairs, and the coffee works well, the coffee machine, and your kids all say lovely things to you, and the homeschooling goes well, and everyone thinks you're the bee's knees, and you go out, it's raining, but as soon as you step outside, the clouds part and the sun comes out. 
We all know that peace, right? I love those moments of peace, but I use the words moments on purpose because the truth is they are moments. And they're not anything that we control. control. They are a fragile kind of thing. And it's not that we shouldn't enjoy those moments of peace. I love it when all is well with the world. But if I live my life in that place only, if I build my life on that kind of peace, then I'm not going to be stable. I am going to have, if you like, be tossed in a storm. But you see, what Jesus is saying here is saying, listen, I'm going to give you a kind of peace which is not like the world. This is what Jesus is saying here. So what kind of peace is this? What kind of peace does Jesus offer us? Well, it's a peace which doesn't depend on our circumstances. A kind of peace which is stable. Who wants that kind of peace? Hands up. Everyone in the room pretty much put their hands up. Yes. What about you online? We want that peace, don't we? We want to be able to weather the storm. You know, Charles Swindle, uh, he's a U.S. pastor. I love this quote from him. He said this, Christians are either entering a trial, in the middle of a trial, or coming out of a trial. <laughs> I think that's rather, rather accurate. It feels like that sometimes, doesn't it? And so we therefore need to be rooted in the peace of Jesus in order that we can get through these times. Because if we try and get through it with the peace that the world offers, we won't get through it. We won't. So what does Jesus say? Let's just look at this in a little bit more detail. He says, here is my peace. Now, what does my peace mean? Well, we read in the scriptures that Jesus overcame the world in order that we would have peace with God. Okay, you following me? And you see the peace of Jesus, listen to this, is a peace of knowing we are his. The peace which Jesus gives us is a peace of knowing we are his. That he is for us. That nothing can separate us from his love. There is a peace that comes from knowing this. That he prom- his promises towards us are yes and amen. That even though others will and may forsake us, Jesus never will. There is a peace that comes from knowing we are his. That even though we are caught up, listen, in temporal afflictions, and that's not to minimize what we're going through. The type of peace that comes from Jesus is a peace that says we are going to spend eternity with him. And he will wipe every tear away. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? You see, this is the kind of peace that Jesus promises us, that we know that we are his. It says in Psalm 73, verse 26, listen to this. This is what the psalmist says. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God, you know, there's, there's a whole series on those two words, but God, listen, is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. There is a peace that comes from knowing that we are his. You know, um, as you grow, and we're going to look at how we position ourselves for his peace, 
Recently, with the turmoil that we're going through, the decisions that need to be made, we have three beautiful children, but they are children, and they're at home doing homeschooling, and we have a dog that was sick over Christmas. Can you believe it? our dog had pneumonia, and she was in vet hospital for three, four nights, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I won't lie to you, we had moments that there wasn't much worldly peace. And yet, I can honestly say, I had moments of peace knowing, you know what, it's okay. I'm his. And as Christians, that is where we need to live out from. You know, Psalm 139, 17 to 18. I want to read you this. And it's from the, transla- the, the Passion Translation, which is a great translation. And if you're in the room, I want you to close your eyes. And if you're at home, close your eyes and listen to, what this, listen to this. Because this is how much God loves you. Okay, listen. This is the psalmist writing this. Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. Experience that peace of knowing you are his. That in spite of what we go through, he loves us. Imagine if I came here with a handful of sand. Imagine if I took a grain and said, you know, imagine Steph, my beautiful wife, was here and I said, darling, I love you because... I would be here for well. I don't think I would exhaust that sand. It says here, all the sand on every shore is the thoughts that your heavenly Father has towards you. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares. That's where we find our peace. So let me move on then to the second thing I want to look at from what Jesus said. Number two, the second thing we can learn is this peace of Jesus. Listen, is a gift. In other words, you cannot earn it. Nothing you can do. You know, our relationship with God is not a relationship of works. It's a relationship of his love and his grace towards us. You cannot do anything to earn this gift. You see, Jesus freely gives his peace, but it costs him Everything. We've just celebrated, haven't we, communion. We've celebrated the fact that Jesus died on the cross. He paid the price in order that we can have that peace. But it is a gift. It is a gift. The question is, do you want to receive it? And that leads me on to the third point. We have a choice to receive his peace. I want you to get this. You might be with me so far and say, yes, I want that peace that surpasses all understanding. That's what uh, Paul says in the book of Philippians, doesn't he? In chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. It's a peace which transcends understanding. In other words, it's a peace which you can't figure out. It's a peace that says, even though I'm pulling my hair out with the kids, even though life is tough, even though I put on the news and this and that is happening, even though I'm yours and you are mine. And I feel that peace. That is the kind of peace. You might say, I get that, Mark. 
And the second thing is you might say, yeah, I get that Jesus paid for it and I don't have to do anything for it. But this is where most people get unstuck because we just sit back and say, okay, when's it going to happen? But I want to tell you this, we have to make a choice. This is really important. You have to make a choice to receive that gift. You know, we've just had Christmas. Imagine if I said to my kids, here's a gift, kids. And by the way, there's no danger of this. And they said, oh, thanks, Dad. And they walked away and they never took it off me. (laughs) You see, for many Christians, we walk our lives saying, yeah, Jesus is, you know, we can have peace in Jesus. And yes, it's freely given. And then it's almost as if we just leave the gift there and we don't open it. So how do we open that gift? I'm glad you asked. How do we make a choice to walk in that peace? By making a choice to put our trust in him first. You see, the reason we walk in the peace of the world is that we put our trust in the things of this world. If only this, that, and the other was okay, I'll feel okay. I can trust in this, I can trust in that, things will be okay. But you see, we have to make a choice to trust in Jesus. Let me give you some scriptures. And by the way, I I want this to be um, something that you can take away with you and meditate on. So if you're at home, just make some notes on these scriptures. Isaiah 26.3, listen to this. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast, listen to this, because they trust in you. Psalm 27, some trust in chariots and some in horses. To use a modern vernacular, some trust in their bank balance and how strong they are, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. You see, the invitation for peace is a challenge for each one of us to say, where is your trust? What do you put your trust in? So how do we put our trust in Jesus? Well, here's the thing. It's about relationship. You know, um, Steph and I and the kids, before the tier four lockdown, we were able to get away for a week. We went to center parks. Love center parks. Um, and uh, we did an aerial adventure. Sounds cool, hey? Essentially, it means we got up into the trees. They hooked us onto some. I think it looked a bit too thin, but apparently it would have killed my weight. Uh, I have put it on over Christmas and prior to Christmas. But we went up on the trees with the kids. And we're, we're, we're going on all this different kind of adventure thing, climbing things and doing this and the other. And there came a moment. I, Daniel was in front of me. Daniel's my little boy. He's, uh, he's uh, seven. Or is he eight? No, he's seven. And he was in front of me. And Lucy was here. And there came a moment where Lucy said, Daddy, Daddy, can you? I said, darling, just reach over. You can trust me. And she had a choice at that moment. She could trust me, and she put her hand in mine. Why? Because she knows who I am. She knows that I love her. Why? Because we spent time together. Because she's seen what I've done for her in the past, that she can rely on me. And so here's what I want to get at. Many of us cannot trust God because we're not really walking in relationship with him. We not really know who he is. Listen, I'm sorry, we're getting a bit pointed here. But I think so many Christians are mal- malnutri- suffering with malnutrition because we don't get in God's word, we don't spend time with him, we don't understand his character, who he is, that he loves us. 
And so when it comes to a point of trust, we think, well, deep down, we're like, can we trust? Can I trust God? It's easier to trust something that you can see. You know, you kind of think, well, I can look at so-and-so, and and they know they're there. But if we spend time with God, we get into his word, and we hear the promises, then we can trust him. And so so receiving Jesus' peace is not a magic formula. It's not like, right, Lord, I want to receive your peace. Oh, that was wonderful. Oh, I feel God's peace. It's a process. It's an outworking of relationship. And I can tell you in my own personal walk that as I walk more closely with the Lord, I experience his peace more deeply and more frequently. And so I want to say, don't just at the end of this word say, right, okay, I'm going to experience God's peace. Sit down for two minutes and nothing happened. So I'll leave that. Let me turn on the news and see if everything's okay. It's cultivated by relationship with God. It is so important. That's what we mean when we say, put Jesus first. That's what it means when we say, fix your eyes upon Jesus. It's not a magic formula. It's about a loving relationship. And so that's what I want to encourage you all as I bring this plane to land. You, there are two types of peace. And as Christians, we are called to walk in the peace that Jesus gives us, not based on circumstances. Number two, that it's a gift paid with the precious blood of Jesus. Number three, we have a choice. We have a choice. How do we make that choice? By trusting in him. But lastly, I want to say this. We are called to bring peace to others. You know, our relationship with the Lord, our, our Christian walk, is not just vertical. It's also horizontal. You know, we are called to, being, to be peacemakers to bring his peace to others. We have our part to play. Ever more so in this time to be light and salt. Who is it that needs to experience the peace of Jesus? Who is it that needs you to pick up the phone and pray with someone or just be there for somebody? There are so many different ways that we can be creative on how we can reach out to others at this time. But rather than just get fat on God's peace. I don't even if, if you can. I'm sure there's no theological basis for that. But to use that phrase to say, let's walk in that peace for others. We're called to be a stream of living water, not to be a reservoir or lake. That peace that we experience is in order that we can bring peace to others. How can you bring peace to others in this time? And by the way, you cannot do so if you don't come from that place yourself. You see, we need to be rooted in his peace before we can bring a peace to others. And so that is the challenge for each one of us in this time. A, that we need to receive the peace that Jesus has. And B, that we are called to be peacemakers for those around us. And I just want to end with this. You might be listening to me this morning, and you have yet to say yes to Jesus, that you cannot say with certainty where you will spend eternity. I want to say to you that Jesus died on the cross for you. You know, St. Augustine, one of the church fathers, he said this, God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. That's you. Don't leave this moment and this time without inviting Jesus and his peace into your life. And how do you do that? You say, well, 
I need you, Jesus. You recognize that we cannot work for our salvation, that we're all sinners. You say, Lord, would you forgive me? We repent. What does that mean? It means to turn away from those wrong things and turn towards Jesus. Say, Jesus, would you come into my life? If that's you, the prayer team would love to pray with you. But don't miss this opportunity to experience his perfect peace and peace with God for eternity.